Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 64 with Rashida Gray. Rashida is an interior designer based in Philly, and she owns her interior design firm called Gray Space Interiors in Philly. She has been featured on House Beautiful, Architectural Digest, El Decor, HGTV, and so much more. We talk about all of that, how she got into the business and some new exciting news about her business. So, But before we go into this episode, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. But now I hope you enjoy episode 64 with Rashida Gray. Thank you, Rashida, so much for coming on to the Pro Series podcast today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Eric. Yes, I am so excited. Um, I found you the other night on Instagram. I don't remember what search I was going through, um, but saw that you were another PA designer. You're over in Philly. Yes. Um, and I I saw that you had an interesting background with marketing and you have a design and I have a love of marketing, um, but I went to school for design. So it's kind of flip-flopped world. So I would, yeah. And I wanted to talk about that, but, but before we start, just give us a little... Um, um, synopsis about your business and you in general and how you got into the design business. Sure. So um, our my design firm is Gray Space Interiors. Like you said, we're based in Philadelphia, sort of right outside, but in Philadelphia. And um, we are mostly a residential design firm. We do some boutique commercial projects. Uh, we've been around for almost seven years. It'll be seven years in February. And I started Grace Space as a side hustle. Um, and so I was in marketing um, for mostly insurance companies for about 15 years. Okay. Um, and State Farm. Um, and that was sort of like my way of expressing creativity in my work. Uh, I quickly found that it was beyond more than that for me. And so, you know, in my spare time, I would do things in my home, DIY projects, um, slight renovation projects with my husband. And uh, one day I shared a before and after of a project we did in our home. Everyone, my friends and family, they were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Amazing. You should really consider um, design as a career. And really, honestly, prior to that, it's always been a dream, but never thought it could be reality. And so Fast forward, I decided um, to take a few courses. Um, prior to that, I have an undergrad in marketing and a master's in business um, administration. And so I took a few design courses just to get my chops wet a bit and quickly fell in love with it. And here we are almost seven years later, hundreds of clients later and loving every minute of it. That's crazy. It's so funny of how um, so many of my guests, all their businesses pretty much start as a side hustle. So they're working in the corporate world or something and it just happens that they just fall into it. And that's so awesome that a hobby turns into your, uh, passion and your business. Yeah. I'm grateful for it. It's, I mean, you know, Eric, it's not, every day isn't like peaches and cream and every day isn't like sunny skies. I mean, um, there are some challenges, but for the most part, we get to do what we love every single day. So exactly. Yeah, that's all that matters. So when you started your business, how was it hard trying to find people to work with like contractors, designers, um, business, anything like that? 
Oh yeah. Um, so I would say for me, because maybe because of my marketing background, maybe because of my network and how I, how important I know it is to network initially finding clients was easier than everything else. Um, so I quickly, um, grew and I was also open to all projects. I mean, when we all first start, you're just like, listen, let me decorate your closet, like, or let me decorate like the pantry and I'll be happy. So we sort of did those projects to start just kind of like one room, two room, smaller budget and grew from there. Um, so clients was, was it, um, the challenge with clients, I should say, came with when we decided to sort of level up and go after, um, clients that sort of, um, allow us to be more creative had larger, um, wanted to invest um, on a larger scale in their project. But then on the vendor side and the contractor side, yes, it was very complicated and challenging to find vendors or contractors that we trusted, that we knew we could partner with to do sort of the kind of work that we um, were accustomed to or the kind of work that we wanted to um, put our name on with our clients. Um, So much so that the first few years, um, I sort of worked with a contractor here or there, or had the clients um, who had contractors that they already worked with. Mm. Um, but along that journey, those first few years, I ran into a few contractors that weren't the most honest, that weren't great to work with. Um, and all this time, uh, my husband, who is an insurance agent, by the way, by trade, um, and, and I have been building, we I have a new side hustle. It's real estate investing. Okay. And so we've been building, um, we've been uh, investing in real estate for the last 2017, five years or so. And he did some of the light carpentry and long story short, Eric, he needed a, per- we needed a permit one day, decided that perhaps at this point he may be equipped enough to become a GC he obtained his general contracting license. And so now my husband is our premier contractor that we work with on most of our projects. And then if they're busy, um, we also have another like set of contractors that we can work with. Um, But he sort of helps me in that lane, which makes the job a little bit easier um, on that side of things. So yeah, it's it's been challenging to find the right vendors and contractors Mm -hmm. in this job. Yeah, and the point that you touched on the um, that I sticks out the most to me is like I have. It's so easy to find a contractor out there, but it's finding a contractor that's reliable and you could rely on because it is your name on the project. So that's the hard that's, part. Um, yeah, I, even if it's separate. I mean, we we certainly have separate contracts. Um, you know, our client contracts with us for design, and then with the contractor for construction. Even with my husband's construction company, we still work that same way. Um, but still, I mean, there's no, there isn't good design if it's not carried out correctly or executed. Yeah. Exactly, your name is on it, so that's what matters the most. Yeah. 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 So next, I want to talk about. Um, so, Grayspace Interiors has a really cool values, the three E's. I saw the video on your uh, website, and I want to talk about that. Um, and how you develop that and why you develop that. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, just maybe it's coming from a corporate background, but I think it's important for us internally at Grayspace to have sort of a framework with how we operate. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, we want to carry that framework in every single project, um, sort of the same way that we do our process. But I think for us, and now I have to like look at our website to make sure I'm speaking to exactly, because you say it so much over and yeah. over again, you almost forget what you said. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what's really important to us in our projects with our clients is experience, um, the, the project experience itself and working with our team, mm -hmm. um, elevating um, and really enhancing their home to create a dream home for the client. And then lastly, like the effect, like what's the deliverable for the client at the end of the experience. So um, when we think about experience, we generally speak and operate within our five-step design process, which I'm sort of obsessed with. So um, it's important that clients know what's next in the process. Yeah. Okay, so I signed on with, with your company um, and working with you as as my designer, what can I expect next in the process? Um, so our five-step process um, kind of starts from concept to installation and walks the client through that experience. Um, internally, now we say to our clients it's five steps, but internally it's like 75 steps. Um, so, <laughs> and we're pretty religious about it. Um, we work with a system called Asana, if you're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. um, it's There's a lot of like, it's basically a electronic to-do list, um, but it gives us like this workflow um, so that we can keep that experience consistent every single time. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. And we have to like, you know, the entire team, no, no matter what point of the process they touch, they're going in to sort of check off. Did I do this? Did I do that? Et cetera. Um, so that's really important to us. Um, the second E is elevate. And so, you know, as a designer, it's our goal to take what the client sort of has as a vision or want mm -hmm. and merge that with our skill and our expertise to sort of elevate the space to something that's beyond their wildest dreams. So um, we really want to elevate the everyday lifestyle, elevate the space, um, sort of, uh, technically, et cetera. So that's what the second E is. And then for me, the most important part is the effect, because if you do the experience right and you're elevating the space correctly, then the effect will be, um, sort of, uh, correct. And so when we talk about effect, we're talking about, is it on time? Is it on budget? Is the project what you expected? Hopefully it's beyond what you expected. So yeah, we, we use those three E's as our framework with how we operate um, almost every day. Yeah, that's so smart. And I'm glad you touched on the process because I, I feel like, you know, a lot of designers are probably rolling their eyes right now thinking like, oh, process again, you hear that word all the time. But if you don't have a process and you don't hold yourself accountable, you're not, something's going to fall through the cracks. So it's very cool that you use a program to keep you accountable and keep you on point with step-by-step. Step. Right. I mean, I think a huge part of our job as jobs as interior designers is project managers. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, I don't know, at least 50% of the job. And um, so 
I generally speaking as sort of founder and lead designer, I'm like a big picture thinking person. Um, now my operations manager is very detailed oriented, gets into the weeds of things. And so the way that I keep myself on track is this, you know, checklist. Um, but yeah, I mean, process is important. I think especially in interior design, sometimes it can be a little mystified, like what's really going on, what work is being done. And so um, in this process, which includes emails almost every Friday for our projects, that kind of thing, our clients sort of know exactly what's going on in their project, what's the next step, et cetera. Now we don't get it a hundred percent right all the time, but we're striving every day to get there. So, yeah. I like how you said that your um, interior designers are project managers like 50% of the time, because yeah. a lot of people don't realize if they think we're just designing a space and that's our whole job, but right. that's very little bit of our job. And technically, because we're, we're looking at all the details and stuff. And a lot of us, I don't know about how you do it, but like if there's custom casework or millwork or something, you're going down to like with a fine tooth comb and making sure that your vision is brought out to the GC because um, sometimes you don't even know the GC and they probably don't know what you're designing and you're visioning. So there's a lot of paperwork that's on our side that no one really sees. And a lot of follow through and touching base and communication and all of those things, because again, at the end of the day, um, we sort of are, our names are on the design plan, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure our clients walk away, um, blown away each and every time. And it takes a lot of details and planning to do that. Absolutely. So with the success of like HGTV and all these home renovation shows and stuff, everybody wants to be a designer now. And it feels like someone develops a company and it fails pretty fast. What is the skill you think they're missing that they fail within a couple of years, it could be business marketing, um, not, no follow through, no process. What do you think is a big um, key skill that they're missing? Wow. Um, I think that, I mean, every designer is different. Yeah. I wanted to say something that's a little like not skill-based and then something that is. So can I give okay. you two answers? Okay. okay. Um, first one is, the, first, the one that came to mind the most is um, the ability to not give up. Okay. That's a good one. I think that every business in life in general is going to have ebbs and flows. Um, and so for design designers, um, especially in 2020 and 2021, we had amazing high demand um, businesses. And we're starting to see that change a little bit. And so when during times like this is where you'll see sort of um, the rise to the, like the, the, I'm sorry, during this time is when you'll see um, sort of like those that have decided to not give up, that you continue through the wave when it gets a little challenging. So that's the first thing um, to never give up. And then the second thing I think is profitability. Um, I'm quickly learning that um, revenue or top line is great, 
but it's the expenses and how you manage those that really sort of determine um, if you can survive um, beyond the first couple of years. Um, so I think knowing your numbers, which, um, you know, five, six, seven years in, I'm sort of just getting a handle on that. Um, but knowing your numbers, having access to a system like QuickBooks, working with a bookkeeper or an accountant to know not only what you're bringing in, but what the expenses are, and then being able to adjust whether that is in your pricing or that's in um, the amount of product that you sell, whatever your strategy is. I think, honestly, people go out of business because they run out of money. So yeah. that's why my answer is profitability. Like you really need to know what your revenue is, your expenses, so that you can be profitable um, year over year. Absolutely. I like those two points. I was thinking more of, um, I think a lot of people think interior design something different. Um, right. They dive in and figure yeah. out it's what they actually liked about it was literally like 2% of the actual job. Yep. Kind of going back to what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, that sort of was me. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm honest. Like I, you know, I, I got into design mainly because, um, I enjoyed the decorating process. Um, oh, okay. but when I quickly, I quickly found out even after the very first project that my business background was more helpful than I ever even imagined. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, I sort of think in terms of left and right brain. Um, and so it was innate to me to track budgets or to develop a process from the very first project or to sort of um, have a contract in place. Um, I think also there was something, sorry, Eric, there was something um, that I just thought about when you said it's different than what people expect. Um, and then one more question. Is there, I know that we're recording, but can you hear my dog in the background? No, I was actually going to ask you if you hear mine because she just keeps walking around. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, yeah, I can't hear yours either. Mine is barking like crazy because I took him out of here and he, I can't, uh -huh. he's in his cage. So oh, no, I don't hear him at okay. Yeah. okay, good, I'm glad. All right, there was something that you said that triggered a thought about people thinking it's different than what it is. Um, oh, okay, I got it now. All right. Um, so when I think about, you know, people sort of thinking design is totally different than what it is, I think that happened to me too. I initially got into design because I really like to decorate. I think that's kind of where most people start. Okay. Um, and then I realized that my business background was much more helpful than I ever imagined. Um, but something I also realized is you have to work in your zone of genius. And I, I say this often and I really mean it. Um, so I mentioned earlier, like my operations person is very much like detail oriented and she, she gets into the weeds of like budgets and ordering process. That is not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> or on the design side, we have a junior designer and she loves CAD and Revit and SketchUp and I don't so much. Um, I, I get, I don't know if I have adult ADHD. I don't know, but I get distracted. <laughs> so um, I like to work with people who are smarter than me in certain areas. 
And I like to operate in my zone of genius and then give them the power to operate in their zone of genius and the autonomy and whatever else they need to really be successful. So what I think people quickly should realize is that you can't do everything mm -hmm. and that you need to outsource, whether it's an employee, a contractor, like a 1099 contractor, or even someone on Fiverr. Um, you need to quickly outsource for the things that you're not great at mm -hmm. so that you can go further. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of um, the mistakes that people have too, that they need to, they don't suck up their pride and like actually hire someone because they think they could do it all. And that's probably the reason why they fail. And I've seen it happen. That's the reason why they fail. Like even when it comes to, we'll get into like the marketing side of it. There's so many smart business people that their marketing is horrible and it, no one's going to see the quality of their product or their um, installs or whatever they're doing because their marketing is just so bad yeah absolutely and I was I just um gave a talk at Kravit um the Kravit showroom here in Philadelphia okay and we got on the topic of, um, well, the topic in general was old meets new. And I worked with their new Lee Jofa Modern collection in the show house. And it was a lot of fun. But we got somewhere along the conversation, we got into the topic of social media. And I flat out said to the designers in the audience, like, if it's not, it's either your thing or it's not. And if it's not your thing, then just hire um, an intern or someone who loves to do it because then you don't have to have the mental angst and the time that you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to do that. That energy and that effort could be put towards something else that you're amazing at like design. So yeah, I think marketing is critical, um, especially with social media now, mm -hmm. uh, which is free marketing by, by the way, but especially exactly. with social <laughs> um it's and for designers our business is highly visual and so um it is a necessity to have a great marketing presence and if you're not able to do it which is totally fine outsource it to someone who you can trust to get it done yeah and what's your opinion um this is gonna be a marketing question on social media what is your opinion on hiring someone for the marketing that has no idea about the business right like, i've seen it so many times where design studios have like you could tell that the, the person doing their marketing has no idea what the business is and has no idea what interior design is what's your opinion on that so i have outsourced even though i love social media um i just don't have the time to do everything so i've outsourced a little bit of my social media marketing to an intern that we have within our firm oh, okay. and um, so she's still a college student and she's learning about the business in the industry. And so I have to, I, I would recommend that people actually feed the information to the person that you have doing it. So um, I say to her, I want to focus on these five topics on our Instagram, um, design tips, inspiration for entrepreneurs, um, before and afters for our projects our process and my family. I don't know. So something like that. Those are my five categories. I need you to go and research design tips 
that I've already said in a TV interview somewhere. So you can find a video of me being interviewed on TV and kind of type, you know, figure out a summary of what I said. Um, or that's on the internet in an article or something. And I need design tips on how to uh, transition your home for the holidays. Or um, I need you to, now we're, we're not getting super technical, right? Because on social media, you're talking to people who also don't know anything about design. Yeah. Um, so we don't need to talk about like super technical business things on social media. So I think with a quick Google search and some direction, anyone who doesn't know the business could really be helpful um, because we can think of the ideas all day. It's really about figuring out the captions, figuring out how to get the most engagement. So they at least need to know how to maximize social media and then you feed them the information um, on the business side, design side. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like a lot of people, when they do hire out someone for marketing or social media, when you said um, feed them the information, they're probably thinking like, and then why did I hire them? Right. No, but it's like a, a hour session one time and then they can, now I need you to write 21 posts. I've given you five topics and go out there and, and make it happen. So yeah, no, I think it's an hour of your time for 21 posts, which Honestly, if I'm doing 21 posts, sometimes that can take me 11 hours, 30 minutes each post. So one hour of my time to then get 11 hours of something else, you know, of output, I think it's worth it. Oh, hundred percent. So when you come to marketing, you've been featured in multiple publications. I want to talk about that. And it's probably like your marketing brain that got you in the door on those. Um, how does a designer come about those opportunities or how do they try to find those opportunities to be published in? I mean, I'll name a couple, like House Beautiful, Architectural, Architectural Digest, El Decor, HGTV, they just keep going on. Like, how did you do that? Um, hmm. I asked. Okay, <laughs> you're not afraid? Yeah. Honestly, um, so my first taste of Press. I've always known, back up and say, since we opened our doors in 2016, I always have known that I wanted to be published in one way or the other. So it's always been a goal. Mm -hmm. um, I think our first piece of press came from me asking. So I think I went into a Raymore and Flanagan, which is a popular retailer in the Northeast for furniture, hundreds of locations. And at that time, not anymore, but at that time, that's where I purchased my furniture from. I've been a customer of theirs for almost 10 years, had a credit card and everything. And I said to Raymore and Flanagan, I am an interior designer, local in the area. I would like to work with you and share you um, share your product with my audience. At that time, my audience was very small, probably just a few hundred people. Um, oops, sorry about that. You're good. Uh, and so I, they actually said yes and gave me about $1,500 worth of product. And then I did a few posts on it. And then that created the relationship with Raymore. And then they published me in their magazine. And I was like, I got a little taste of, oh, wow, like this really could help to elevate my business. 
And so the next big ask that I did, um, that was 2017. In 2018, I got scouted by um, a TV casting director on Instagram. Oh, and at okay. the time, I had a very small following. Um, and she said, you know, I love what you're doing. I think you should try out for Flea Market Flip. And I was like, HGTV's Flea Market Flip? Sure. And so I did. I almost actually missed the submission deadline. It's another story for another day. But <laughs> my mother was like, um, my mother was very, very um, ill at the time. She's healthy now. But um, I just had a lot of personal things going on. I uh, remember submitting my application um, video at 2 a.m. when it was due by 12 a.m. Um, that day. So it was it was almost an opportunity that I missed. But um, so that happened in 2018. I did appear on Flea Market Flip. It was a great experience. That's awesome. Um, we did not win, but it was so much fun. We were we were paired against a couple from Boston who had a vintage shop. So that's sort of what they did is buy vintage, refurbish it, and sell it. So anyways, I had a great time. It was my husband and I. But fast forward to the big ask that I did. Um, I participated in the One Room Challenge. Have you ever heard of One Room Challenge? I have, yeah. Yep, I did that in 2020 um, for the first time. And I had been a fan of it for a while and followed it for a while. And um, I had a few rooms in my house. And of course, we all know what happened in 2020. Um, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I was like, hmm. Oh, at least I thought I had a lot of time on my hands. For, for two weeks, it was quiet in the design world, and then clients started to come in. But so I, um, I renovated and redesigned my living room and dining room, and um, I hired for the first time a really sought-after photographer in Philadelphia who was beyond what I thought I could spend on photography, but I thought. I want to invest because the work that I did in this renovation, I think it's worth sharing. Um, so I got a ton of press through One Room Challenge. The pictures looked amazing. I was like, I can't believe I didn't hire this guy before this project. Um, so long story short, I thought I had enough confidence to pursue or pitch a magazine. And so I did. I pitched my first magazine and it worked. I got published online. Um, it was House Beautiful, and that was sort of like, okay, I also, I should say, I had a business coach at the time, um, and my business coach focused on visibility and how to pitch press, so I knew sort of to craft a story, um, telling, you know, why I did the renovation, how it's changed our family's lives, et cetera. Um, so I knew what to write in that pitch, but yeah, I, I asked, I, I, to get on good day, Philadelphia way back in 2018, after I did flea market flip, I asked, I found the producers and I started asking like, what do I need to do to give design tips on TV? So no shame in my game now grateful. I'm grateful that I no longer have to ask as much, but if I see something, I think it's a good fit. And I think I have something that their viewers could benefit from or their readers could benefit from, then I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I'm going to pitch. Yeah. It, don't be afraid to slide into the DMs as I always say. That's said. right. That's right. <laughs> or the emails. I prefer, I mean, for something like that, I prefer a formal email, but yeah, don't be afraid exactly. to. 
Absolutely. Well, Rashida, thank you so much for hopping on. I want to end with where people could find you on social media um, and then maybe give us a little teaser on if if there's anything to look forward to with your business and um, if there's um, expansions or whatever you think in the next five years you see your company going to towards. Sure. So um, we can be found at Gray Space Interior Design. So gray like the color, the word space interior design on all platforms. Instagram is my favorite, but Facebook, Pinterest, house, all of it. Um, our website is grayspaceinteriors.com. And then what's coming down the road in a, the next five years? I mean, we really enjoy working on residential projects. Um, and so we want to continue to expand and work with luxury clients, high-end luxury clients, um, immediately the next 90 days, we are moving into a physical office space. So I'm so excited. We're opening Gray Space Studios within the next few months. Um, so that's exciting for our team. Um, we'll have a home where our clients can come and um, sort of uh, work with us very closely. And um, our team will continue to build and we'll be right next door to our contractor, which is great. Oh, so- that is awesome all in-house um and i mean five years who knows i mean um television is always on the table um product lines is something that i'm very interested in and licensing etc so we'll continue to see um but in the meantime we love doing the work of working with our high-end residential clients and continuing to do so so that's awesome. Well, everybody follow um, Gray Space Interiors on social media to find out um, when those product lines come out and TV show comes out. We're going to manifest it now. There you go. Uh, but thank you so much, Rashida, for coming on today. I enjoyed this talk and I can't wait to get it out. Yeah, thank you, Eric. It was great. I really appreciate connecting with you and talking to everyone. It was great.